welcome to the second ever episode of Missing the Apex. I'm your host, Sam Fletcher. Coming up on the show this week, I'll recap the past week in world motorsport. I catch up with last week's guest, Moto America Stock 1000 rider Shane Richardson, following his impressive second place at Pittsburgh over the weekend. And I'll be previewing this coming weekend's Italian Formula One Grand Prix. First though, here's my weekend review. MotoGP was at Silverstone over the weekend. Ducati's Jorge Lorenzo topped the timesheets in qualifying, with teammate Andrea Davizioso a tenth of a second behind him, and Monster Yamaha Tech 3 rider Yoan Zarco qualifying third. Unfortunately, the race was cancelled due to wet weather and a poor track surface that failed to drain. The Belgian Formula 1 Grand Prix was at Spa over the weekend. Lewis Hamilton took his 78th career pole position, which doubled as his fifth at Spa. Seven tenths of a second behind him was Ferrari Sebastian Vettel. Shocking the grid qualifying third was Esteban Ocon netting his best ever starting grid in his Grand Prix career. Four one-hundredths of a second behind him was his racing point force India teammate Sergio Perez. A major shunt at turn one on the opening lap of the race showed just how well the controversial halo works. A massive lockup from Renault driver Nico Hülkenberg led him to drilling the McLaren of Fernando Alonso from behind, launching Alonso in the air and over the Sauber Alfa Romeo of Charles Leclerc. With the right front wheel of the McLaren hitting the halo of the Sauber, leaving visible marks where Leclerc's head would have been. After all the carnage was cleaned up, it was four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel who took his first win at Spa since his Red Bull racing days in 2013. Coming home five seconds behind him was current points leader and pole setter Lewis Hamilton. Rounding out the podium was Red Bull Racing's Max Verstappen. The British Touring Car Championship was at Knock Hill over the weekend and seen its record 14th different race winner of the year in race three when Tom Chilton, brother of IndyCar driver Max Chilton, took the race. Race one was won by defending champion Ash Sutton, and race two was won by former champion Andrew Jordan. The Virgin Australia Supercars visited the bend for the first time. DJR team Penske's Scott McLaughlin led the championship by 89 points coming into the weekend, but had an absolute mare, managing a sixth place on Saturday and only managing 10th on Sunday. Red Bull Racing Australia's Jamie Wincup was on pole for both races. However, in Saturday's race, Shane Van Gisbergen took the win six seconds ahead of Nissan's Rick Kelly and Michael Caruso. Wincup came home fourth ahead of Mark Winterbottom in fifth. Jamie Wincup came out firing in Sunday's race with a lights to flag victory coming home nine seconds ahead of teammate Shane Van Gisbergen. Rounding out the podium was Erebus driver David Reynolds. Brad Jones Racing and South Australians Tim Slade and Nick Perkett coming home fourth and fifth. Moto America was at Pittsburgh over the weekend. Last week's guest in Stock 1000 rider Shane Richardson finished an impressive second place. On the line we have Shane Richardson, Moto America Stock 1000 rider. Shane, over the weekend in Pittsburgh you finished second in the Stock 1000 race, qualified fifth. Tell us a bit about your weekend. Yeah, no, it was a pretty uh, smooth sailing weekend to be honest with you. Um, I turned up in the country on Tuesday, flew into Chicago and hired a, hired a Penske rental truck and Went and got a few beer essentials because it was just myself in the country, my mechanic and, and other racer weren't here with me. So just got what I needed um, and then headed out east towards Pittsburgh. And Yeah, no, luckily um, we didn't ride on the on the Friday. Um, turned up on the Thursday, which is moving day. So I had two days grace to make sure everything was in order, you know, and everything ready. So, yeah, everything was good because, I mean, the last time we raced was Road America where I obviously won. So the fact that that went so smoothly meant that I didn't have to do a hell of a lot to, you know, the bike to get it ready for this next race. So it's kind of a lot of them um, standing around and twiddling thumbs and waiting for the practices to come. But, yeah, Saturday morning, obviously, we got on track, and it was quite good. We've we've struggled with brake fade for, you know, the, the whole start of the season. 
and in the first practice still had that. It was it was quite bad, and I ended up finishing second in practice in the time practice, and I was just questioning what the heck I could do to fix the brakes because I've always been an issue. And um, I was talking to one of the teams, an Australian guy, and he was saying, you know, that everything on his is standard. And I'm thinking, everything on ours is standard too. And I'm running through everything we did and whatnot. And eventually I went back and I'm like, this is stuck for what I could do. And it turned out our issue was an aftermarket brake lever we had on. So I was well over the moon that we managed to fix the brake fade. So for our first qualifying session on the Saturday afternoon, um, I went out and the brakes were good, which was awesome. Um, and then we just had to struggle along with rear grip issues. Um, the track is quite a new surface and it doesn't offer the most grip. But I think because we had been focusing so much on the front end with brakes and everything as well that you know now that we'd fixed that, we'd start to focus on the rear. So I was struggling a bit with the rear end and I was for quite a while I was sitting in P1 with 19 tenths of a second up my sleeve. Um, but the thing around there too is once I'd, like I'd done a first, you know, kind of stint and set a quick time and I come back in and the tyres cool down just fractionally, even though they're still on warmers or whatever, it's almost like another heat cycle and and around there they just don't offer the same grip the more you go on them after doing that. So every time I'd go back out, I'd never go any quicker and just struggle further and further. And yeah, ended up dropping down to fifth overall in the first qualifying session and, um, so that was okay. I mean, you know, it was what it was, but I knew I had another chance in the morning to, to do it again. So we went and made some changes to the rear end. and Yeah, so when I got out for qualifying, the track was damp, and I'd gone out on wets, but it wasn't wet enough for wets. So I ended up pulling in because I was just going to shred the hell out of them. And we didn't have an old set of slicks on warmers still. So there was no point in chucking a brand-new set on because we weren't going to go any faster. So... It ended up becoming, you know, basically just a waste of session, really. Um, we sat in pit lane because I didn't have enough tyre stickers either to, you know, run another set and then run a set for the race. So a um, bit of a balls up, but we were never going to go quicker anyway, so we just had to settle for P5 on the grid. And then during the race, I've been struggling as well with the launch control because I just haven't had time to practice with it. So my starts have been pretty bad really with the launch control so yeah my first start wasn't that great I lost one position I was running in six and then two of the boys crashed out we had a red flag so we had to sit around and start again and then again my, my next start was probably a little bit better but um, still bad and so I was running in fourth and I ran fourth for probably half the race and the the guy in first who's leading the championship, he's been doing a lot of riding over at uh, Suzuka and all around America, particularly on the West Coast. So he's had a lot of bike time, and you know it really shows in his riding. And because I beat him at Road America, so it was hard for me, knowing I can beat him, to watch him kind of run away like he did at Pittsburgh. So I got to a point where I kind of realised I was I was only going to be battling for second. Um, so halfway through the race, I started making moves and and bringing the fight a bit, and yeah, in the end, we had to work for it, but I finished second, so I was I was pretty over the moon with that, considering didn't have the boys around me, just had a couple of old boys from Ohio helping me out, and yeah, so I was pretty happy. Coming back to qualifying, did the other guys, halfway through the session or something, did they chuck a set of green slicks on or something, because 
how did they manage? Because surely they would have gone out in the first stint as well and put in some decent times, but where did they find the time in the end? No, I think they just stayed out there and just kept their tyres hot, basically. So whereas I made the mistake of wanting to come in and make a change to make the bike better, but ultimately making it worse for the tyres by doing so. Okay. But at the end of the day, I mean, as much as qualifying counts for a lot, you're still starting in such close proximity that it's not the end of the world if you can get off the line well, for me anyway. Obviously, getting off the line's a, a big part of it, especially when the class is so close. I watched in that, before the first red flag, Travis Wyman got off the line really well, and then he obviously, it obviously came to a pretty abrupt end for him. Because the track surface had next to no grip on it, do you think that contributed to the such the violent crashes we've seen, especially like Tim Beemister as well? He, he had a big one, and that was pretty violent. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of crashes over the weekend, and and some big names too, like in Supersport, Valentin de Bees, who won the first race, he went out in quite a big way, and that was really big. White boys were going down, so yeah, it's, I think the the grip that the track offered up um, was pretty low, and it, it did bite people. Hello, and welcome back to Missing the Apex. A look ahead now to this weekend's motorsport action. IndyCar at Portland for the first time since 2007. Last time out it was Champ Car and Sebastian Bourdais who took the win. He lapped the entire field up until 6th place. Coming into this weekend now, it really does level the playing field big time with only 2 races remaining in the season. Just 78 points cover the top 4 with Kiwi Scott Dixon 26 points ahead of Alexander Rossi at the top. My podium predictions this weekend is Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi and Willpower. Those 3 are on form at the moment. Not necessarily in that order, but those three will probably be the podium. The 88th running of the Italian Formula 1 Grand Prix is at Monza for the 84th time over the weekend. Last year's qualifying session saw Lewis Hamilton grab his 69th career pole position in the process breaking Michael Schumacher's record for the most pole positions in a career. Mercedes went on to dominate the race with pole setter Lewis Hamilton coming home 4.5 seconds ahead of his teammate Valtteri Bottas with Ferrari Sebastian Vettel rounding out the podium in third. Should Lewis Hamilton win this weekend, it would tie him with Michael Schumacher with five Italian Grand Prix victories. However, the Italian fans will be confident in a Ferrari victory at the team's home Grand Prix with driver Sebastian Vettel winning last time out at Spa. It appears Ferrari now have the better power unit, and with the famous long straights at Monza, they should have the upper hand over their main title rivals, Mercedes. Should the wet weather come this weekend, I suspect Racing Point Force India drivers Esteban Ocon and Sergio Perez to be in the mix this weekend. My podium predictions this weekend is Sebastian Vettel for the win, Kimi Raikkonen in second, and Lewis Hamilton in third. I'm picking it to be a one-stop race, which means there could be a good chance of an undercut, creating more exciting racing. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of Missing the Apex. Make sure you follow our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Missing the Apex. I've been your host, Sam Fletcher. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week. (laughs) 